0: soon as he could In broken English he says Well I am not a bad guy But really who could ever be that good Each day at the factory When the lunch bell was rung He'd shuffle off to the Spanish-speaking smoking section To hear the news in his mother tongue He says, my home is the land of beautiful women Strong family and perfect weather Oh, but if you start off down They will keep you down forever So he had enough of nothing By the time he turned eighteen He says, there's one thing that I've learned for certain No one crosses the river if they do not believe A snap, oh, I still believe the people are the same all over, but there are so many different lines on the map, and his mother named him Angel, he changed it as soon as he could. In English, he says, well, I am not a bad guy, but really, who could ever be that good? Really, who could ever be that good? Really, who could ever be that good?
1: That's Dave McEathran with the song His Mother Named Him Angel. And that's from Dave's full-length solo album, Abandoned Companions, which is accompanied by a Roots Rock EP appropriately entitled The Abandoned Companions Companion Piece. Now, Dave McEathran is a multi-instrumentalist and the former frontman and principal songwriter of Toronto Roots Rockers, the much-loved and sadly-departed Warped 45s, We caught up with Dave on the road to chat about the new project. It's great to be able to talk to you today, Dave.
2: Ah, it's very nice to talk to you. I'm both on the road and at my other off-grid home. So, uh, yeah, it's my Ottawa Valley outpost.
1: So a chance to get away from it all, I'm assuming.
2: It's pretty away from it all, yeah, especially this time of year.
1: (laughs) So you're now based in Hamilton, is that right?
2: that is correct yeah um going back about five years ago i was just honestly feeling the squeeze of trying to be living living in toronto without even trying to be an artist really just in general trying to be able to afford to live in toronto and uh and it just kind of got to the point where i was looking for options and coming back up to whitney was an option i've lived here before um but uh, to try and stay into the in the music scene and um for my partner's job, we kind of need to be somewhere a little more central. And uh, I'd heard good things from some of my musician and artist friends that had moved to Hamilton, and I'd had good experiences there playing with the Warped 45s, and we made the leap to a new hometown. So, got a, got another fixer-upper.
1: <laughs> and it's working out good. That's the main thing. Yeah. Now, the yeah. Warped 45s were certainly a much-loved band. 10-day poem to Saskatchewan from 2009, and then Matador Sunset from 2011.
2: We had an e p um that got us the, that we put out ourselves that got us the the um uh, some of the attention that led to full lengths, but yeah, we were in the process of recording um ten day poem for saskatchewan when we uh signed to pheromone recordings on maple music with Kim Cook so yeah things so, happened quickly back then. we started the e p and then started uh we did the e p and got a lot of really good uh reviews and and a few unexpected awards and, and things. And um, so we just struck while the iron was hot and started recording a full-length album we couldn't afford. and Luckily, we had partners that jumped in.
1: So when did the Warped 45s actually call it a day?
2: Well, <laughs> it, was, it was a bit long drawn out, actually. Um, three members of the... Two members of the band said they were quitting, and one member said he was fed up and, and was going away to have a child. And we'd see... And then we just waited for another year, but that was around the beginning of 2012, right at the kind of peak of our critical and uh, and uh, audience uh, height and charting height and whatever. Um, and Hamal and I were trying to wait it out and and see if people would change their mind or if there was anything to come back to. And and then Hamal, our drummer, uh, Hamal Finroy, uh, ruptured his Achilles tendon. Um, in a pickup basketball game. And uh, all, then he needed a year of of rehab. And by the time that ended, it was pretty obvious that no one was coming back. So, unfortunately.
1: And after that, I did that leave you with a bit of, a, well, what happens now? What do I do now? Is that is that how you were left feeling?
2: Uh, in general, my life. I, I was just, I, I went from this thing that I was absolutely ecstatic to be in that i spent my whole life building up to my my songs were being heard and uh, i loved creatively being with them and and um we were everything we did and every point we played we gained fans and attention and um really amazing spot to be in but some of the other members of the band were at a different age than me and a different spot in their lives than me and decided that it was untenable. So, uh, unfortunately, yeah, I, I didn't know what to do with myself or my life, and and it was really kind of hanging there. <laughs> Would there be something to come back to? Would there not? Waiting for other people's decisions, which is really weird to be both like the driving force of a band and not being in control. If you even have a band, <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was a, was a very precarious situation to be in. So.
1: So you're back with this new project. It's predominantly a solo project, The Abandoned Companions. The songs on this new project, were they songs that you'd had for a while, or were they songs that you wrote within the last year, you know, thinking about going into the studio to record?
2: Most of the songs um, were new. And then songs that had held up, you know, going back however long that I decided that I had more experience as a songwriter and and the thing, maybe there was always just something that kept them from being that much more special or waiting for the time where I felt good enough about what that song said and emotionally and had it right that I, that it was time to record it. I did a lot of writing in that period, actually, even though I didn't really expect to ever record or perform again. And, um, and so, because that's just something I honestly had been doing since I was a kid. I started writing when I was about eight Not very well then, (laughs) obviously, but uh, uh, it's just something that from the time I started picking up an instrument, um, songwriting was intertwined with playing and and so even when I, whatever part of my life I've been in, I'm just one of those people that likes to write down whatever I see. And whatever I'm feeling, and try and turn it into song and make sense of it for myself and others, I guess, and sometimes it's about having fun, and sometimes it's about being in love, sometimes it's about being dropped, and sometimes it's a little more political and about things that are going on in the world. so
1: well, you know the interesting thing about this project, you could just feel it's very special when you you know when you talk about it i in I think the period of time when you weren't making music as a band, that was when you started to explore other interests, because one of the neat things about this album is the fact that it comes in this wonderful leather sleeve, that they're all individual because you made them all. Uh, You stamped the logo for the album on them. I guess it was because you started to explore leather work and making belts, and is that something that you're continuing to do as a major part of your life?
2: I am actually, yeah. Um, I just, I've always been someone that likes to be creative. uh, Don't really like, I get a little squirrely when I have too much time to sit around. I mean, I need that mix. I I have this country home because sometimes the city is too crazy, and I like, but I like being in the city because sometimes you can get cabin fever when you're sitting around. And all of a sudden, I didn't know what to do with myself going back eight, nine years. I was either recording writing in a studio practicing or on the road and playing gigs and then working in between that and all of a sudden it was just like that completely stopped and so we you know we did find a fixer-upper i do construction work and i was working away in the house i was trying to do creative projects in our renovations and while making a sliding barn door out of pallet wood i noticed that a piece of wood was a perfect shape for a belt buckle. That was my first belt buckle. I made it for a friend. Then I made five or six more. I was just using blanks to put them on, and then eventually I wanted to make it all from scratch. I didn't want there to be a you know a metal back or whatever. So I went to the local leather store, and they gave me some lessons on what tools to use and stuff. and And by then i had I had moved into using uh, old. Board games, wood, old dinky cars, old fishing lures, making fish dioramas. And then, when, and in the same process, I started recording again and I knew how to do leather work. And I just wanted everything to be as special as a handmade, crafted thing. We all know music's been undervalued or devalued in this age. And I just felt like it's so special to me, regardless. Whether it makes sense financially or anything else artistically, it made sense to make them all special and one of a kind somehow.
1: It's a remarkable story. I do realize that this is a music show and this is a music interview. We, <laughs> we need to steer the conversation into the music. Now, we started off with his mother named him Angel. Tell us a little bit about that song.
2: That's from an era where I was actually working in a transit bus factory we would sand. Uh, my section was in a in a paint uh, prep booth, and almost everyone I worked with was much happier to be there than I was. I wasn't so happy to be back in a factory and working, and yet these other people had gone through so much. They were all actually former refugees from somewhere around the country. Angel himself had I didn't know his name was Angel. That's part of the story. (laughs) Um, He he was originally from Colombia. And uh, some of the other guys were, uh, one of the guys was from El Salvador, another guy from, uh, a couple other guys from Guatemala. And this was the promised land for them. I mean, they were going to have a pension. They were supporting families back home. And they're sacrificing a lot for this life to be here. You know, it was an eye opener, really. It's an amalgam of most of those people, actually.
1: It's a beautiful song. I was so pleased to to start off with that. Now, that's from the the, the solo album.
2: Abandoned Companions, yes.
1: Yeah. We're going to dip back into that just now because I want to play another beautiful song. It's a song that I actually have already played on the radio, but I thought about it and thought, you know, oh, you. I wanted to be able to talk to you about this one, and that is No Better Teacher Than Time. There's a lot of great songs on this album. This is a song that I think, certainly from my point of view it's a song that I know will always stay with me
2: well it is a very personal song it was just there's songs in your life where it's just you taking stock and realizing that trying to remember that you should be very (laughs) I guess less cocky and um, entitled and more understanding and to and if you are, are going to be going through failures and losses you should learn so you don't keep making those mistakes again and and that hopefully eventually you become a better person and you have a better life and you have better love and you're a better friend and a better son you know and um and i just i just think that um yeah that's about it <laughs> it's,
1: it's an absolutely gorgeous song i absolutely love it and i wanted to i wanted to thank you um for for sharing this song with the world cuz it is is really wonderful This is Dave McEathrin with No Better Teacher Than Time from his wonderful new album, Abandoned Companions. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall.
0: I've made making a mess look easy I've made making love look hard I've been More than thoughtless, I've been less than kind There's no better feeling than your lips on mine And there's no better teacher than time Here's to the old days, the old flames and the old waves May they stay where they've been put away Made mistakes, I hope I've left them behind Cause there's no better teacher than time Yeah, there's no better teacher than time oh, How I've been humbled, I brought it on myself Blame it on my sense of entitlement I have to take it on faith that I'm trying to live right And there's no better teacher than time Well, I try to show you every day that I can love you right And there's no better teacher than time Yeah, there's no better teacher than time There's no better teacher
1: than time. That's Dave McEathran with No Better Teacher Than Time from his new album, Abandoned Companions. Dave's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. Now, the interesting thing about Abandoned Companions is it actually comes with this pretty neat EP called The Abandoned Companions Companion Piece. What I'd like to do now, Dave, is to talk a little bit about how this all fits together, because you worked on this album with Brian Pickett, who's worked with the Strombellas. He's also worked with Ashley Condon. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about how you uh, got together to make this album. And I guess why you wanted to actually have, you know, some of the songs that were, you know, were solo and then some of the songs that were on the um, what would be described more as a, a band album, which is the, the companion piece.
2: Brian Butler and Brian Pickett were both more than just hired guns on this, and um, my friend and manager, Mark Watson, as well. I wanted to work with Brian Pickett because he's one of my best friends. Uh, he actually did one of my first solo albums, he's, he going back to some of the first demos I ever have made, and we were in a college cover band with him and Mark and a couple other great guys that we still get together and have uh, reunion jams and bang out crappy versions of songs. Um, and so he was available and um, had a studio set up at his, of his home in Lindsay and that's right in between my two homes of Whitney and, and Hamilton. So it, it made sense geographically. It made sense for him time-wise in between some of his other projects. And uh, we just have a great trust. We started recording and we started talking, and and there were certain songs that we felt were should be stripped down and very personal, and you know more of uh, the, the classic duo folk sound. And then there was others. He's like, "Man, I just want to feel more, you know, rock here." And I was like, whoa, I don't really want to have a band." <laughs> He's like, "Well, let's try it." And he was just one of those "Let's try it" guys. We just came to the decision that we like both. We didn't know which one we liked better. And so he's like, well, let's finish them. And then he's like, and the ones that were supposed to go more rock, we put them with it. And, uh, and, but also I wanted a full actual folk song album. I didn't want it to be all over the place. You know, the Warp 45s were kind of liked because mm-hmm. we'd do anything and whatever, but it's not always the most focused way to do it. I wanted a focused album. And, uh, and so we kind of worked our way to this, but I wanted people to hear both versions. So, you know, we broke the rules and we put them all out.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, you know, in this age where people suddenly say that, you know, they're only putting out singles or they're only putting out, right uh, you know, short EPs, it's, it's actually really nice to say, well, I'm putting out an album and a half. The, interest, yeah. the interesting yeah. thing. It hasn't been done too yeah. many
2: times. Yeah. Uh, there there's there are some i mean it usually ends up being a double album but there are a few cases where people have done you know a, an album and a half but not too
1: many and that's just yeah. how
2: many we had and as, as many songs as we felt like fit and uh so yeah
1: you know the the interesting thing about the project is that when i got you know my copy of the album i focused on the solo album i thought well i'm going to focus on that and then there are several tracks that appear on both, and I would listen to the solo version. I'd say, oh, that's mm. so beautiful. I love that. Later, I would listen to the band version and think, oh, my God, mm. that's also beautiful. You that's know, what we were doing. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny because at the end of this interview, and people will have to stay to the end, we're going to play one of the songs uh, that I've actually played on the radio before, but previously I played the solo version. We're going to play the band version at the end of this interview. It's interesting because the, the band version does give you a little bit more, and you get you know, everything opens out a bit more, but then when you go back and listen to the Solar versions, it doesn't feel like everything's coming in on you or anything.
2: Yeah, it really does. And we, we ourselves were just like, well, it, it could go many ways and we could go further. It was hard in some songs where just had to try and not do everything because you you have all the tools these days, right? And you can always just call someone and they can be in another country and add a track or anything. And it's like, so you have to really try to be like, is this serving the song? Is it done? If it's done, then there's no need to add anything else. And we never felt like those other couple of tracks that uh, we've put the other instruments on We never felt like they were missing anything, and yet everything else we tried and and recorded for them, we also liked. So we just kept following that, (laughs) you know. I should mention, too, that um, uh, this was done through a process that most artists out there will recognize, is that with the help of grants and development grants and stuff. So it was not all done all at once, either. The two demo songs that were done for the demo layer of that were actually produced by Hill Kirk um, who is a fantastic singer songwriter. And you'll hear her singing on The Other Side and the song that I wrote with David Francie, a song called Luck. Chris Cool, who plays with David Francie, came to do the banjo on those two tracks as well. And those tracks when they were done, there was a, quite a period where I still wasn't sure I was going to continue to try and do the grant or anything. And I had actually gotten to a point where I'd given up. I'd never released them. And I told my friend who writes the grants and used to be my manager and is now currently my manager to give up. on Literally. I'm not even going for grants anymore. And that's part of the story of Abandoned Companions. Part of that, the second part of that is the songs. It was The first time in my life where I said, people don't want me, I'm going away. <laughs> I'm done with this, right? And um, which any musician, singer-songwriter does not get there lightly. And he didn't listen to me, and he kept putting in the grants. And when we got the grants, the second round of grants, that's when everything else happened. Um, and at that point, I believe Hill was um, recording with you know someone like July Talk or was on the road with Serena Ryder or something, and Brian was available. Many people have contributed <laughs> to this album. One of the tracks that I believe you're playing actually goes to a time before the Warp 45s, but Brian was recording that as well. And because I just started playing with the Warp 45s but was keeping up on my solo stuff, I invited future members of the Warp 45s before we were the Warp 45s to play on the Midnight for Lead Belly, which is a poem written by David Seymour, which is a biography of the artist Leadbelly. So this really is kind of an overview Most of the songs are new, but they fit in so well from these other parts of my life that I really felt like by bringing in all these people that contributed. Brian Butler plays a lot of guitar and mandolin on this album. He was in the Warp 45s on the last tour. We did a 47-day tour. We became great friends and have continued to play up to this day. He's still playing with me. I co-wrote for songs on his new EP, One Day. It's not really out yet, but you'll be hearing soon, I hope. And then uh, Brian Pickett added some instruments. Um, I go back with Brian Pickett's brother, Mike, who ends up adding the bass and still lives in the Peterborough area. And uh, we go back a few decades with him as well. Annalise Neron is on here. Andrew Penner from the Sun Parlor Players is playing some dobro on the Midnight for Lead Belly. My cousin Ian, Ian Psyduck, is my last first cousin, who is now playing on this. He's a fantastic guitar player his mother named him Angel, is just my guitar line and his guitar line and one mandolin overdub. Um, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. Brian Butler does a lot of the, the harmonies as well. I think those are all the main, main players. So
1: We're going to go back to the album. We're going to the companion piece, and we're going to play Midnight for Lead Belly. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Mm-hmm. High past eleven,
0: the metallic, intermittent whistles from Houston marks our time in the darkness of his cell. A few minutes later, the South Pacific's lights begin to scream, flicker across the ceiling, Armstrong film clacking on the reel. Unstrung film clacking on the reel. He watches with
2: feigned disinterest. So close. Today
0: it felt like the sun's clock stopped. As it hung in the middle of the sky. Two new boys dropped, dead in the field. Despite the steady belt of his voice Leading the line
2: Keeping the pace Workable
0: Fear makes him swing harder Faster than he hollers Cotton, corn, and cane Cotton, corn, and cane People are being clothed. Fed sweetened up quite nicely. and wives in their muscle-bound sleep The passing train light paints each face with a look day. of tense concentration for a burden Julianne Sylvie hi Line comes to mind. He reaches for the pencil and pad. Hidden under the mat, it's almost finished. Governor Neff arrives in a week. Shine its light on me. Let the new nights shine its ever loving light on me. Shine its light on me. Let the midnight special shine its ever the light on me. Mm-hmm. Shine light on me. Let the midnight special shine light on me. Mm-hmm. Shine it slide
1: That's Dave McEathran with the wonderful track, Midnight for Leadbelly. You can find it on the companion piece that came out with the Abandoned Companion solo album. Dave's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. So the album's out. You've done some release shows. What Mm -hmm. happens now?
2: Well, I'm trying to reintroduce myself live and trying to branch out in that regard. So I have... uh, a show in at the Bruce Wine Bar in Collingwood in a couple of weeks and I'm gonna get to the Moonshine Cafe in Oakville. And I've done the Ottawa Valley a few times, Penbrook, Whitney, Renfrew, Wilno, out to Ottawa and Montreal and, and I'll just keep adding gigs. I'm hoping to add some more house concerts. Um I'm in the works of planning a, a tour to Winnipeg in May. And I'm going out uh, opening for some shows with David Francie in November. But before that, I'm actually practicing my butt off to uh, fill in for Mark Westberg with David Francie as David F- Francie's guitar player is right at the moment. And that's going to be the middle, mid of April out to Alberta. So I'm kind of juggling these. I'm and, and in the works of adding more shows and my next show in Toronto, it looks like might be at Hughes Room, but I don't really have a date uh, to announce for that. It looks like I'm going to be on the bill for the Burlington Sound of Music Festival, but they haven't announced that yet. So I'm not sure exactly which uh, which night or anything. So there's there's good things happening. It's so great to be back. It's so great to be sharing my music again with people and reconnecting with more musicians. Um, musicians are always so busy that when I wasn't playing, I actually missed a lot of the people who had become my social group as well, not just, <laughs> you know. Um,
1: so well, I certainly hope that some of the festivals will come calling as well, because I think the world needs more of Dave Mickey's For and I certainly, I think this album is going to do very well, and I'm looking forward to seeing how many best of lists it appears on at the end of the year. Been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. We're going to finish with another track that appears on both albums. It's a track we played on the radio in its solo form. We're going to play the band version today. And that's Hell to the Heavens. Tell us about that song.
2: Oh, that is just one of those things where you're just like, uh, in the span of about, this is about eight months after the fall of the Warp Forty Five, it's starting to clue in that, you know, it's probably over. Um, Somehow in that time, I also managed, my my longtime girlfriend and I managed to split up and I I had to leave the apartment and um, I ended up, living at my my sister's house back in our small little hometown on her farm and working on her drywall in her house and with their kids. And I just was kind of looking at my life, and just one of those times where you just get frustrated. No matter what you're doing, it's just banging your head against the wall, and you just feel like <laughs> you can't take it anymore. Like, seriously, this is enough. Just enough. I'm middle-aged. I, I've worked my life. I've tried to live a good life, and – you don't even know what to do except for maybe scream, but then, you know, that doesn't really help either. So, it's, yeah, yell, scream like hell to the heavens for all the good it does.
1: And it's a great song. And I think that, you know, we're very lucky to have you back. I wanted to, to really enforce that. Uh, I can't speak highly enough about this album. I think it's a great album. I know it'll probably be on my list at the end of the year. So this is Dave McEathran. With Hell to the Heavens, from The Abandoned Companions, Companion Piece, and whatever you do out there, please check out Dave's music, catch him live, and get the album. Dave McEathran, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Pleasure's mine. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall.
0: can do it's gonna hurt and it can't be helped when all there is left is to be left alone you can drive yourself crazy thinking about who you don't